Hello, and welcome to another episode of Whole and Complete Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Shante, and Whole and Complete is all about faith and wellness, loving God and living well. So we are in the middle of a series. So for those of you who are new to Whole and Complete, Whole and Complete is a series-based podcast, and we are currently in the middle of the self-sabotage series. And as always, we have a guiding scripture. Actually, I'm going to be honest with you guys. This episode is really like scripture heavy, but it will all come together by the end. But our scripture, guiding scriptures for this episode are 1 John 4, 7 and Romans 8, 1, and they read as follows. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love God does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And then Romans 8, 1. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. So today we are going to be talking about reprogramming emotional thuggery (laughs) and bringing this all home in terms of what that means for application. There is no fear in love. So let's get to it. Our definition of self-sabotage that we are using for this series is self-sabotage occurs when people hinder their own success. When people take destructive steps or engage in harmful behavior that can negatively impact their own lives, relationships, and career. I repeat, Self-sabotage occurs when people hinder their own success, when people take destructive steps or engage in harmful behavior that can negatively impact their own lives, relationships, and career. So this time it's not the haters, okay? It's not the haters hating outside the club because they can't get in. This time it is you. This time the enemy is you. (laughs) And self-sabotage is so common in so many ways and we talked a lot about that in the first episode and one of the things that we discussed was the work of Dr. Gay Hendricks who wrote the book The Big Leap and he talks about these four barriers that tend to hinder people from achieving continuous success and they're reaching their highest potential and so just to recap you know according to Dr. Hendricks each of us has like this inner thermostat this setting that determines how much love, success, and creativity we allow ourselves to enjoy. And when we exceed our inner thermostat, so when we exceed that threshold that we have set for ourselves, we will often do something to sabotage ourselves, causing us to drop back into the old familiar zone where we feel secure. And this is where the disconnect happens, right? So we say we want things like love, a thriving career. We want happiness. We want joy. We want loving relationships. So why are we continually sabotaging and limiting our own potential? And we talked about those four barriers. So one of the four barriers that we talked about in the last episode is that we are fundamentally flawed. And anything that is a blatant lie, a blatant falsehood, I always want to come at with scripture, right? So for me and for most believers, the scripture is truth. The gospel is truth. And so the best way, the best tool in our arsenal to combat lies is with truth, with the word of God. It is a double-edged sword. Like even the Bible describes it as a weapon. 
And I want to take that on the fact that, or the belief that we are fundamentally flawed using Genesis first chapter 26 and 27. And it says this, then God said, let us make mankind in our image and our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image in the image of God. He created them male and female. He created them. We humankind, that is, are God's most perfect work. Okay, so we're taking aim at the belief that we are fundamentally flawed. Humankind is God's most perfect work. Our design is impeccable. Even modern science has not exhausted all the ways that the design of humankind has been perfected. Do we have flaws? Absolutely. Once sin came into the picture, you know, in the Garden of Eden, that, yeah, you know, it was perfect and then it wasn't. Okay, so sin is a real thing and it can make the hearts of men desperately corrupt. There are some evil people in this world. I mean, just some evil SOBs in this world. I mean, look at what's happening in Russia right now. You know, the the mindless, senseless, heartless and ruthless slaughter of innocent women and children of the war happening in Ukraine right now. So sin is a real thing. And, and yes, we are absolutely flawed in terms of our spiritual nature, just our, our, our nature, but in terms of our design, okay, to believe that there is something inherently wrong in our design, that's a no, that is, that is flawed thinking. Psalms 139, 14, and many of you are familiar with this. Our worth is connected directly to our creator. So if God is of this like, great, inestimable, inexhaustible worth and value, right? Human beings being made in his image have to follow suit. That scripture says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know that full well. And so if you are walking around thinking that there is something wrong with you, that there is something that is not enough in you, that there is something that is just inherently wrong with your design that is not true you are made in God's likeness you are made in his image the design is flawless the flaws come in with what we are led to believe how we are socialized with competing agendas and messages that tend to misconstrue create insecurities create all kinds of things that make us believe that we are not worthy of success which brings me to the hidden barrier number two. So this hidden barrier number two, and you can get all of these in the first episode in this series, but hidden barrier number two is the belief that success equals disloyalty or abandoning your people. So abandoning your family, abandoning your friends, abandoning the, the circles where you are comfortable and safe, right? So I want to take a couple of, of swipes at this one using Proverbs eighteen sixteen, which says, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. So to be fair, there is a there's a fair amount of debate about the meaning of this verse, okay? That you know, your gift will make room for you and you hear that a lot, right? So some people think that this refers to a bribe, okay? Meaning that if you have the right amount of money, it can get you an audience with important people. But the other side of like the theological aisle says, "Nah, that's not true." The verse before that doesn't support that. And it's really taken out. You're taking it out of context. The other side of the aisle says that this refers to spiritual gifts. So when they say a man's gift makes room for him or a woman's gift makes room for her, 
They're referring to spiritual gifts. And that is the reference that we are going to be using today. So this second hidden barrier that tends to hinder success, that causes people to derail their own success, believing that if they are successful, they will be disloyal or abandoning their people. Here's the deal. Matthew chapter five, verses 14 through 16 say, you are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. So what these verses are saying is that you are supposed to use your gifts to be salt and light in this world. You are the light of the world. It is supposed to elevate you. We are not supposed to be hidden in the back corner trying to manage other people's insecurities. The Bible says that a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. When people see us, they should see Christ. And that does not make us disloyal. Even Jesus had to check Mary on this. He had to check his own mama on this. Okay, so Luke chapter two, verses 41 through 50. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, so Jesus was a shorty. Okay, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem and Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, so they thought he was in the crowd. This is like some home alone type stuff, right? Supposing him to be in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, every parent's worst nightmare, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now, so it was after three days, they found him in the temple. So Jesus goes missing at 12 years old. He'd been missing for three days, y'all. Okay. They found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Child prodigy, right? So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, why did you seek me? In other words, what are you looking for me for? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Bloop. I mean, like that was like some classic who gonna check me boo type stuff. Okay. So even Jesus at 12 years old understood I got work to do. Okay. I'm not supposed to be in the crowd in the number, you know, just going along with the flow and the regular degular schmegglers of the world. I have a job. I have an assignment. Verse 50 says, but they did not understand the statement, which he spoke to them. They weren't trying to hear none of that. They like little boy. You've been missing for three days. We've been worried sick. Where are you? And Jesus is sitting in the temple, chillaxing, asking questions, talking to the rabbis. And people are like, look at this little boy. He ain't a bit more thought about Mary and Joseph than the man in the moon. So just to put that in perspective, okay, that's, that's not disloyal. Okay. Jesus had a very specific assignment and what we have to do is we have to embrace the notion that not everybody has a permanent seat at our table. Some people are there for a very specific purpose to teach a very specific lesson or for a very specific chapter. And then it's time to transition. Even Jesus had an inner circle, Peter, James, John, were there 12 disciples? Yes. But for certain aspects of his ministry, okay. 
everybody could not be there. So if you are holding yourself back because you're trying to manage other people's feelings or their dependency or their insecurity, that's not your job. Your job is to answer the call that's placed over your life and live out your fullest potential. Which brings us to barrier number three, which was the fear of outshining others. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 22. I told you all this was going to be scripture heavy, but doesn't it all make sense? You see how like all the pieces are falling into place. And it reads as thus, for just as the body is one and has many members and all of the members, the body, though many are one body for the body does not consist of one, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greatest honor. And our unrepresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Let me tell you something about little body parts. You ever hit your binky, pinky toe? You ever stubbed your pinky toe? You ever stepped on a Lego? Child, listen, <laughs> the whole body <laughs> will fill it. You can't even function. You're like, who left this in the flow? Like, what's going on? You be cussing and fussing in the whole nine yards. Let me tell you something. Comparison is the thief of joy. It really is. We have to ditch this mindset of scarcity that two gifted people cannot coexist in the same ecosystem. We all serve a vital function, but it's not going to be the same function. The spleen is very unsexy, okay? It's an unsexy part of the body and it does not get much press, but try going without it, okay? You will be at high risk for disease and infection and all kinds of things. Whenever you go to a play, so a play on Broadway or you go to the theater, somebody has to pull the curtain. That is an essential function of the play. Even though it doesn't take center stage, somebody has to open the curtain. Somebody has to shine the light. So instead of us being afraid to outshine others, we need to learn how to affirm people in their own gifts. And the fourth and final barrier is this belief that success will somehow make you a bigger burden. So in our last episode, we talked about how as children, we can be made to feel like a burden. And Psalms 127.3 says that children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. So regardless of what any earthly vessel made you feel like you were just too much to care for or that you were not worth the effort or what have you, the word of God says that you are a gift. Okay. Okay. And going back to our scripture back in Matthew about you being the light of the world, a city built on a hill that cannot be hidden. You are supposed 
to shine. You are God's ambassadors. You have a job and that is your job. You have an assignment. You are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. So as salt, as light, the key is you have to let your light shine. Too many of us are waiting to become something that we already are. We're waiting for the permission. We're waiting for the go ahead. We're waiting for the green light. We're waiting for somebody to show up and say, Yes, you are worthy of this, that, and the third, but that's the wrong approach. We don't have to wait for the crowd to cheer or for the go ahead or for the green light. It says you are the light. So you are not a burden. You are light. You are not a problem. You are light. You are not doing too much. You are light. The reason why you can access your highest potential is because that is what you were designed to do. So if you are struggling with any one of or a combination of those barriers that I just went over, hopefully those scriptures will anchor you in some truth and you can begin to reprogram your thinking around that, which brings me to emotional thuggery. So this brings me back to the scriptures at the beginning of this whole series, okay, that we are to love one another, that God is love and that God showed his love to us through his son and that there is now no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. If you are allowing one of those four barriers to hinder your success, then chances are you are also allowing them to hinder you relationally, okay, that is emotionally. I call this emotional thuggery because There's a lot of that going around, right? I used to be that person, right? An emotional thug, like what? I can't let nobody see me sweat. I I wish I would let somebody catch me out here with all in my feelings. Mm -mm. You know, we say things like catch flights, not feelings, right? And we have demonized feelings to the point where we're walking around just (laughs) faking fine and acting like everything is cool because vulnerability has become our kryptonite. Like it, it, we would rather die than let somebody see us, you know, down or in need or with our hearts open or with our hands out it's like oh no that can never be and so we we become these emotional thugs you know like we cool it's it's fine and everything is together when it's really not and what we're doing is we are barricading our emotions because we think that we're protecting ourselves and keeping ourselves safe when in actuality we are blocking literally blocking the exact kind of love that we want to experience and what these scriptures are saying, okay, about God is love and how there is no fear in love and we are made perfect in love. What these scriptures are saying is that we are not only loved, we are so loved. We are loved so perfectly by God that there is no condemnation that exists for a child of God. Do you hear me, child of God? Believers, there is no condemnation that exists for you. Does that mean that there are not liars and cheaters and fake friends and jerks that will hurt you? No, it does not mean that because the world is full of them. But what it does mean is that you have a standard for love and anybody who does not meet that standard, that does not make you feel safe to be vulnerable, that doesn't make you feel so loved, does not deserve to have ready access to you. So this is where things like boundaries come in. But what this also means is that you can't keep everybody out because here's the dirty little secret on today's episode. You cannot have, you cannot have, it is not possible. Just like how the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. It is not possible for you to have a real, authentic, transparent, and healthy relationship without vulnerability. 
So the emotional thugging that we going around doing like, nah, you know, I can't let nobody in my heart. Nah, keeping these guards up and these fences up and these barricades and things like that. I'm not saying that everybody deserves access to you, but you can't keep everybody out. There are some people that actually deserve to, to be in there. And so you need to pray for discernment to be able to distinguish the difference and also look at patterns of behavior to determine whether or not these are safe people to be around. And I'm not going to lie to you. There are going to be some days that you are going to step into the arena of vulnerability and you are going to get your, your teeth kicked in. You are going to get your butt whooped. Okay. You will put yourself out there and it's not going to always be reciprocated, but that does not mean you stop showing up in the world like somebody who is not loved because that's not the truth. You are loved, not just loved, but so loved, so loved perfectly by God that there is no fear in it. Okay. There's no reason for you to be afraid because whatever is going on, God's love is ever present. And from my own experience, whenever I have felt anxious or nervous about being vulnerable, I literally had to repeat out loud, I am enough. God's love is enough over and over again until I calmed down. And that meant that whenever I felt hurt or neglected or lonely or wounded, God's love is always enough, which means I don't have to go around guarded and angry and broken and and keeping people out and, and pushing people away and neither do you. Okay. So there we have it, folks. That is where I will end it for this episode. On our next episode, we will have Dr. Terrilyn Battle come in and talk about self-sabotage, had a really good conversation with her. And if you have not already, please make sure that you rate the podcast. If you go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating because it helps other listeners find these episodes. And if you have any questions, comments, takeaways, hit me up at Dr. Shante says, I will put all of these scriptures in the show notes so that you can reference them and study them as you please. And I will see you next time.